0: Welcome listeners, and thank you very much for tuning in to the premiere episode of The Sweeney Saga. Podcasting is something I've wanted to get into for quite some time, and I finally decided to take the leap here and record my first episode. I believe this will give me an outlet for discussing a lot of my interests, whether it be sports, movies, TV, music, life experiences, or really anything that might come up and might be on my mind. Uh, I'm an extremely passionate person and I love discussing a lot of topics with my friends and family, but I've always wanted to have an extra avenue to get my thoughts out into the world and hopefully I can build an audience that wants to take this journey with me. Now, I want to give a little bit more background on myself. I am 25 years old and I'm happily married to my lovely wife of one year. Also, we are 8th grade sweethearts. I graduated from West Virginia University with my bachelor's and master's degree, and I'm currently working a job where I get to travel around a lot, which is good for me because I am a huge sports fan, and I have been ever since I can remember. I still play a variety of sports, uh, mainly basketball and disc golf, and if you haven't tried disc golf, I highly recommend it. It's a ton of fun, which I might get into that sport a little bit later on. I watch baseball, football, soccer, and basketball, and of course, I always compete in fantasy leagues. Another love of mine that I hope to discuss on the podcast a lot is uh, watching movies. Uh, This 2019 slate of movies has been great already and is jam-packed for the rest of the year, so I do plan on bringing some reviews as I get to the cinema to check out what's playing. Uh, I am a little bit behind, so I know that I'm going to shotgun a lot of movies really soon. Another thing that I really love is playing video games with my friends, and online gaming is a huge hobby of mine. Uh, I play 2K, Overwatch, Rocket League, those are just some of my favorites, so if a good game drops, I might even include that in an episode. Uh, I may also bring on some of my friends once I get this up and running to discuss movies or games or sports, because debating with my friends is definitely one of my favorite things to do. Uh, Throughout this podcast, I hope to bring a lot of fun and interesting topics each week depending on what's going on in the world or uh, just anything that might be on my mind. So the first topic that I've been anxiously waiting to talk about and uh, I thought it'd be good for a premiere episode of this podcast is uh, a quick recap of the NBA regular season and a preview of the finals. Now, even though we're in the end game of the NBA season, Things are really only going to gear up from here. So, you know, we have the finals getting ready to start, but the real thing that's going to start is the free agency period is going to happen at the end of the month. Plus, we have the draft going on. Uh, Potentially, if the finals go to Game 7, which I don't think they will, the NBA draft could take place only four days after the conclusion of the season. Which, in my opinion, is just a crazy way to do that. But, I mean, that's what the NBA has done. They've put themselves in this position to really just continue uh, viewership. You have the summer league that goes on. You have the free agency frenzy, uh, drafts, trades. There's so much going on in the NBA right now that it's almost going to seem like there's no off season. They've shortened the time that it takes for the regular season to get going. And... Uh, And honestly, it goes from October to June. I mean, that's not a whole lot of time in between. You take, and once you get the summer league going, like everything with the NBA is just going to gear up. And you know, obviously, if you guys are sports fans, you know that there's tons of trades swirling around, and the stuff that's going to happen in the next three to four to five weeks is going to completely shift the NBA for years to come. So. In the regular season, there were a few surprise teams. Uh, really Milwaukee taking this step to go all the way up to what they did in, until they lost to Toronto in the playoffs has been super impressive. And if Giannis can add a jump shot, I think he's going to be you know, a top two or three player in the NBA right now. Um, the Lakers, obviously, you had their turmoil this season after adding LeBron and then falling short of expectations. I mean, missing the playoffs for the first time and I think since his second or third year it's just really, really has a, a different feel to the NBA season whenever you don't see him in the playoffs or the finals for that matter. Um, I do think that the Lakers stand the potential to really be difference makers next year because they have a lot of different avenues that they can go. I am a, Le- a LeBron James fan, so I will say that off- off the top of my head, but I do just love the NBA in general, and I hope that everything that comes of the NBA season, uh, no matter what trades or free agency goes down, I do hope that uh, that it just makes for an overall more competitive league next year, because at the end of the day, you still had almost a two-horse race in uh, in, you know, it seems like Golden State and whoever can challenge Golden State which just happens to be the Raptors this year. Now, I love Kawhi. Everybody knows he's a superstar, but I feel like somehow he's still underappreciated. What he did in this playoffs, I think, catapults him. I know that the, the MVP is a regular season award, typically, but what he did in the playoffs, just he's MVP in my mind. The way that he carried this team, which Toronto is a good team. I've said to all my friends, uh, throughout the year that I think Milwaukee and Toronto are the two best teams in the NBA because um, they be- they play the best overall. Uh, the most talent on the teams, in the East at least, would be Philadelphia and Boston. They had more talent, I think, than either Toronto or Milwaukee, but Toronto and Milwaukee have that team game and it showed it. That's why they got to the Eastern Conference Finals and the raptors ultimately uh just the way that they came back from being two down 20 to the bucks was just super impressive to me. Um so that of course brings us to tonight. I do think that if Toronto could jump on them early, which them being the at home is uh is key, but it just depends whenever you break it down uh it just depends completely on Who's going to show up to support Kawhi? Um, Kawhi is a robot, and the stuff that he does, the the run that he's gone on, it seems like he just has infinite gas in the tank, and I think he's going to get up and play really well in these finals. It just depends on the rest of his supporting cast and just exactly how well they can they can combat the uh, the onslaught that might be Golden State. The news did drop today that Cousins is active, so he is able to play tonight, which uh, I don't think that's going to be a huge difference maker. If anything, I think it might shake up their chemistry a little bit, but I would say they'll probably bring him off the bench uh, just to not disrupt the flow that the starters have because I'm sure that a lot of you have seen the graphic and the stats that i believe golden state is 33 and 1 in their last 34 games when steph plays and kd doesn't it's kind of just mind-boggling but you know to have such a talent like kd and him not play and the team just not miss a beat and you have the argument that they're that they may be even better without having a league mvp it's just crazy um i do think kd might come back in the later on in the series it really just depends on how desperate they feel and if he's really that hurt or not. I think Golden State has kept what exactly is wrong with him under wraps for the most part and that's that's crazy in itself. But I think that there's a a big question mark on exactly how hurt he is. Um so I do think if I'm Toronto, I'm throwing Kawhi on Steph letting him guard him, just shadow him the whole time, and uh, and make Clay Thompson, Draymond, and the rest of the guys beat you. Uh, I think that in reality, Golden State may be about seven deep, and Toronto doesn't have a lot of studs, but their seven can, you know, the first two people off the bench, which would be Ibaka and Fred Van Fleet, I think that uh, that they can play just as well with Golden State's front seven without having Kevin Durant in the lineup now you add Kevin Durant in the lineup then I think they're even a worse mismatch for Toronto specifically because if Golden State has KD then Kawhi's attention is only going to be on Kevin Durant and I take Steph and Clay over any one-two punch in the league no matter how many bodies you could throw at them I thought that Houston was uh in perfect shape to play with them this year after the heater that they went on and combine that with the fact that they did the same thing last year. They were up 3-2, but then they lost Chris Paul. So ultimately, that didn't really pan out uh, because once Chris Paul went down with the injury, then Golden State rattled off two straight and ended up sweeping the Cavs in the finals. But this year, I do believe that uh, that with Toronto – if KD stays out, Toronto stands a chance with that home court. But the craziest thing is that I think it all comes down to this game. If Kawhi can carry Toronto and that team play well, shut down the nerves. If you have a good game from Kyle Lowry, if Pascal Siakam keeps doing what he's doing, uh, what he's been doing this whole playoffs, I think his average is 23 a game or something like that. Um, if Toronto's supporting cast comes to play and gives Kawhi the help that he needs, this home court could carry him out to this 1-0 start. And if they go up 1-0, who knows? I mean, Golden State I, Golden State might get a little complacent and, uh, and really underestimate Toronto. Uh, this series, to me, and I know I've heard it uh, being talked about in the media, but this series, to me, feels very much like that uh, – Dallas Mavericks and and uh Miami Heat series. Uh you know, whenever the Big 3 came together down in Miami, everybody expected them to go to the championship. Everybody expected them to win. And uh you know, and they were they were playing well and then, you know, you have the collapse of LeBron and uh this ragtag group of dudes that uh that Dallas has somehow upset the Big 3. And you know, who's to say that that doesn't happen with Toronto. Uh Kyle Lowry is a question mark and ultimately he is the key. Like obviously I've said that the uh the whole supporting cast is key, but Kyle Lowry is the ultimate factor in this because you never know if Kyle Lowry's going to go for 26 or 12. You just you don't know what you're going to get from him on a nightly basis and to me I think that he has to average somewhere between 18 and 21 in this finals for them to stand a chance if he comes out and you know and he drops 12 one game and then he comes out and gets you 30 the next that's just going to be super frustrating and you can't have that kind of inconsistency whenever you're trying to knock off this warriors team this warriors team as much as myself and a bunch of other people may find it frustrating. In my opinion, they are the greatest offensive team ever assembled. Um, Those 90s Bulls teams, they were fantastic, but the three ball, the way that the Warriors have shot the three ball has completely shifted the NBA. You have everybody everybody just shooting threes now. I mean, just look at Brooke Lopez from the last series. You have him. I saw a stat that he had more blocks than... Kevin Garnett had in a season and more threes than Kobe ever had in a season just last year. It's insane what this league has turned into and uh you know there's no amount it's going to take a perfect game from ter- or perfect series rather for Toronto to stand a chance against this team. But uh I mean my prediction overall I think the Warriors probably win it in 6 games. Uh, I think Toronto needs to win this game to make it competitive. If they go down 0-1, especially if they go down 0-1 in a close game similar to LeBron last year, I know it took LeBron a 50-point game to uh, to get that, that type of game and have that type of competitive feel for game one from last year, but I don't think Kawhi needs to drop 50. He... He has been carrying the team on his back, similar to how LeBron and other players have done in the past. But I do think that Toronto has good enough players that they can support him and try to you know, make this series competitive. And I think they stand a puncher's chance. Golden State is the favorite still overall, as they should be. I mean, five straight finals and going for their fourth title in those five years, it's... Uh, You know, it's truly a dynasty. But I do think that Toronto comes to play Game One. I think they take Game One, and uh, and Game Two will really be uh, the the telling point of the series. If Toronto goes up 1-0 and then goes up 2-0 commandingly, then uh, you know, Golden State could still come back uh, and win four straight. Or win four of the five and win it in seven. Uh, I hope that the series goes to seven. I don't think it will, realistically. I think the favorite is uh, for Warriors to win in six. But I think Toronto can make this competitive. And as a basketball fan, I truly am excited to see how it all goes down tonight. So, you know, my official pick would be Warriors uh, Warriors in six. But my my pick that I would love to see is Toronto in seven. I think Toronto, uh, makes for a very interesting champion and, uh, to see them win it in seven and wonder what Kawhi is going to do if he leaves, if he stays, it's just, uh, I'm really excited about the future of the NBA. I'm excited for tonight and, uh, and I'm excited to get this podcast started. So, uh, I thank whoever is listening for listening and, uh, Make sure to tune in next week whenever I bring you guys another episode.